morning's reading will be taken from the uh, New International Version. And if you'd like to follow around uh, along with me, you know, if you're using the Bibles that are in the, pew, the seats, uh, the reading is found John 4, 7 to 10 on page 752. We are told and we are, we are instructed by God's Word to walk with Jesus. As important it is to walk with Him and to learn the way we walk, it's just as important to learn how to talk. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. And I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Good morning. Good to be here. My uh, wife, Jane, and I are pleased to be here from Weyburn, Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, has anyone claimed the black uh, Jeep out there? I've put over 200 clicks on my, on my, on my vehicle now, and uh, I might be looking for one. So anyways, just thought I'd check to see if that one had been claimed yet. No, I'm, I'm real pleased to be here, and, uh, and, you know, I grew up in the city of Winnipeg and, and part of the uh, congregation uh, when the Church of Christ, uh, one of the congregations was at the corner of Osborne and Macmillan, and uh, I was a part of that church as a young boy uh, all the way up until the age of 10, and uh, still consider myself as a citizen of this city and I hope I'm still considered as a as a brother to all of you in this in this church. You're very dear to me. I I love reading through the bulletin and seeing the names of uh, people that I I know, and then looking around the room and trying to figure out if if I know where what those people look like anymore. And then I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, Underneath Wayne Turner's name in the bulletin, it says, please do not disturb. <laughs> so I have, I have to apologize today, if I, Wayne, if I've done anything to disturb you uh, today. I'm sorry for that. I wrote an introduction for today's uh, sermon. I don't usually write very much. Uh, but I, I did that because I was asked to, and I don't know what it was used for, but I'm using it to introduce the lesson today. One of the most striking qualities of Jesus is how he spoke to people about eternity in everyday language. His tendency to be in conversation almost anywhere with anyone is not so rare by itself, but his knack for quickly piercing to someone's soul relevantly 
and gracefully is worth us developing for ourselves. The encounters with Nicodemus and the woman of Samaria show Jesus going from quite ordinary dialogue to the extraordinary with breathtaking ease. What can we learn from what things Jesus says to these different individuals, very different individuals? And as importantly, what can we learn about how he says them? Somehow in the process, we ought to advance our ability to be, as the Apostle Paul says, speaking the truth in love. The good news we carry in our hearts as disciples of Jesus needs to pour into the ears and hearts of, uh, and lives of the people we meet. Who should we be talking to? How do we initiate conversation about spiritual things? What is the message we are trying to convey? Jesus, the master teacher, is also the master conversationalist. We may not find ourselves preaching the kingdom of heaven with sermons or teaching crowds from a hillside as he did. But we will all be having conversations with people at home, by the water cooler, at work, maybe not by the well outside Samaria, but we will be having conversations with people. There is every reason for us who call ourselves disciples of Jesus to learn to turn these into kingdom conversations. We will be more like Jesus the more we talk like Jesus. And so today we're going to uh, look at that idea of talking like Jesus. We had uh, read in our, our hearing uh, from John chapter uh, 4, and I just want to read a little bit too from John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This is John 3, starting at verse 1 and now verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and, and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I think I'll probably be having some conversations today with people about the wind. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? 
And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel and yet do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So what can we learn from Jesus, the master conversationalist? I think there's three things that we can learn that can help us to talk like Jesus. And the three things center around this. First of all, the talkers. Who, who, it is, who is it that we're going to talk to? So the talkers, the topic, and the tone. Okay? So, of course, by the talkers, I mean who, who are we talking to? By the topic, what is it we're going to talk about with people? And the tone. What, what kind of tone is the conversation going to have. And by looking at these two instances from uh, the Gospel of John, Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus and Jesus' conversation with the woman of Samaria at the, at the water cooler or the well. Uh, it's a water cooler, right? Uh, we, we can learn something about these three areas. The first thing is who are the talkers? That Jesus talks to. And this is very interesting to me because you probably couldn't find in the New Testament two more people that were more different than Nicodemus, the member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council in Jerusalem, uh, a highly respected Jewish man, very religious, likely quite wealthy, uh, a very prominent individual. In that culture and in in the city of Jerusalem. And then you have a Samaritan woman. Kind of at probably the complete opposite end of the scale. Uh, Someone who is not prominent in her community. And is a part of a community that is despised by the Jews. And not respected at all. And... Through the conversation with Jesus, we learn about her that that her life may be fraught with uh, moral failures and relationship problems 
It's not likely that she's wealthy. And after all, why is it that she shows up at the well alone to draw water in the middle of the day when she was probably expecting no one else would be there? And what I think I, what I think we learn from this that's, that's important is that Jesus was willing to have conversation with everybody. He didn't cross over to the other side of the street when he saw someone on the street that he thought, well, I'm not going to have a conversation with them. Or Jesus didn't feel intimidated by someone who was high and mighty and, and had uh, position or power or money or, or education or something that maybe he didn't have. Jesus didn't let that stop him from having conversation with someone Either, And so that's that's one of the things that really strikes me here. And so I think our encouragement from this is that we could all I'm sure we all have conversations with some people and maybe with some people all the time. But I think we all could maybe broaden our horizon a little bit in terms of, of who we would have conversations with. You know, maybe the, if some of us ride the bus, we, I don't think we have buses in Weyburn. I haven't seen any, just school buses. But I grew up in this city and we used to ride the bus. Uh, my dad did shift work and so, uh, my sister and my mom and I used to come to church, uh, on the bus quite often. And, uh, why not strike up conversation with somebody on the bus? Or somebody at the bus stop. Or somebody at the coffee shop. Or somebody who lives on your street that you have never spoken to. You know they, you know they live on your street. Strike up a conversation with them. And don't worry about maybe they're, maybe they're not interested in you. Um, try and broaden your, your circle a little bit. And be prepared... And Jesus was really good at this. And I think especially the encounter with the woman of Samaria points this out. Jesus was was always ready to talk to somebody uh, on the spur of the moment, maybe unexpectedly. You know, he maybe didn't know there was maybe he did know she was coming out to the well that day. But maybe he he didn't know who was coming to the well. Somebody will surely come out to the well to draw water. And I'll strike up a conversation with them. And so uh, those are just some ideas that I think we should put in our minds about conversation. Um, we're all going to have conversations, but let's maybe think about who and maybe who else we can have some conversations with. The second thing is, what topic are we going to talk to people about? Um, you know, some of us have our favorite topics. My favorite topic is hockey. And I love it when I get together with the the Locks or, or the Knutsons or or just about anybody who uh, uh, who will talk about hockey with me uh, because I like to talk about hockey. But Jesus used earthly things to initiate conversations about heavenly things. 
And you know, we could be doing that with hockey. We could be doing that, and you know, actually I've been doing a lot of that in the last couple weeks since the bus accident in Saskatchewan on April 6th with that hockey team. You know, that, my love of hockey and other people that I know, and we get into conversations about hockey, almost every conversation I've had with people has turned to spiritual things. And that's the kind of thing that Jesus was able to do so easily all, all the time. He, he didn't have to wait till there was a, you know, a, a chariot accident. Um, he, or whatever they drove then, I'm not sure. But anyways, he was able to do that. And, uh, and so uh, we need to look at those things. Um, to Nicodemus, uh, in verse 3 and verse 8, he talks about that familiar experience of being born, you know, and he turns that into, uh, well, how about being born again? You know, and, and so him, Nicodemus is trying to figure this out. Well, what does that look like? How can someone old be born again? And then Jesus, you know, gets into, well, being born from above, being born again, and then entering the kingdom of heaven. And uh, then he talks about the wind. And like I said, I could be having conversations about the wind. I'm from, I'm from Weyburn, Saskatchewan. I, the wind pretty much brought me here uh, yesterday. But Jesus talked about the wind, how that thing that you can't see it, but you, you, know, you know it's blowing, you can hear it, you see the trees move. That's like how the Spirit of God is. Not something that you see, but something that, that affects each one of us. And just on the turn of, of a, a sentence, Jesus was talking to uh, Nicodemus about uh, the movement of God uh, and his spirit. Well, we can learn from that uh, to do that. Now, we're not likely to, uh, many of us or maybe any of us, to preach like he did and tell parables like he did and, you know, the, the beatit, blessed are the poor in spirit and come up with those really profound things like that. But we can have these conversations with people, you know, when the car breaks down by the side of the road, you know, we can talk about, uh, you know, Sometimes my life breaks down by the side of the road and I, I need some assistance. And where do I go for that assistance? You know, you can turn that into a spiritual conversation really quick. And uh, uh, that's what Jesus was able to do. And then there's the tone of the conversation. And that's why I read through that whole passage in, in John 3. Because when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus... Uh, Jesus, in talking about himself, you know, he talked about, well, you know, I've come to this this world, but but not to condemn the world. I've come as the savior of the world. You know, to offer everlasting life and uh, and even to the woman at the well, he talked about living water that would spring to eternal life. He could have. I mean, and he knew apparently about that woman's life and he did sort of to sort of demonstrate to her that he was the prophet that he is, he said, well, yeah, I, I do happen to know that um, 
you have no husband right now, but you have had five. And the man that you're living with is not your husband. But you know, Jesus doesn't dwell on that with her. Instead, the conversation was really about, well, if you knew who I was, you would ask of me and I would give you living water. And, and it, would, it would be a spring of, of life in you that would well up to eternal life. Jesus chose to talk to her about hope and about, uh, and about the future and about eternal life. He didn't dwell on, on uh, well, you know, what a mess you are, you know. Uh, Jesus didn't dwell on that. He, he could see where this woman was. But the conversation was about, look at what you, what you could be and look at what could happen in your life. And he ended up setting that woman's heart on fire and she ended up setting the whole village where she lived on fire as a result of that conversation. And so there's the topic and we should talk to people about spiritual things and about eternal life, but there's the tone that we should take. And I think Jesus demonstrates to us a tone. There's a positivity. You know, the, the gospel, you know, the, the gospel in, in, in a sense is supposed to convict people and make them recognize their sins. But what, what does the word gospel mean? It means good news. That's our message. It's a message of good news. And so when we talk in conversation to people about spiritual things, what they should be hearing is something that is, oh, this is good. This is something I should uh, be a part of. This is something I should look into. Uh, where can I learn more about this? What, you know, I have questions about this. And, and, uh, and you know, the woman was able to ask Jesus, her questions, and Jesus was able to help her with them. And in part, it was because Jesus had that tone in the conversation, which made it welcome for her to ask. And, And so I think we can learn from that in our conversations. Like I said, the, uh, the bus accident, and it's on my mind. I just want to finish with this. I've talked to people about uh, bus drivers and truck drivers and, uh, and the important work that they do as a result of our conversations about the bus accident. I've talked to people about the precious cargo that travels every day on buses to schools, to sporting events, to all kinds of things. We, we live in a culture where we cart people around on the roads in vehicles. And how precious are the lives of those people? I've had those conversations. Uh, conversations about roadways and travel. You know, uh, and you know, we have weather, we have weather piled on top of that, uh, in, in our part of the world that affects all those things. We've talked about how fragile human life is. And then those have quickly turned into deeper things like the power of prayer. And about turning tragedy into hope. And into things like, well, what kind of legacy would 
do some of these people leave behind? And what legacy would I leave behind if, if my life suddenly ended today? And what about eternity? What happens for eternity? Those conversations have all come up. And you know, they all lead, they all lead to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And surely we can, we can talk about Jesus. If we don't know what else to talk about, um, you know, and we might not think anybody cares, but you know, most people have some kind of questions or some kind of idea or some kind of opinion about Jesus. And you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. And you know, sometimes you'll get people who could care less. But oftentimes, you'll get people who have something to say. And maybe we'll have some questions. And uh, it's not too hard to steer a conversation in that direction. Let's take our lead from Jesus and learn not just to talk like Jesus, although that's really the importance of today's lesson, but for sure let's talk about Jesus, talk Jesus to the people that we have an opportunity to have conversation with.